0: Okay, everybody, the Single Tree Podcast. This is episode forty-two. We're back, and we are seeking to develop a discussion. So we would love to hear from you about some of the things that we're talking about today on the podcast, and um, to kind of hear your views and talk about how we can continue to develop a discussion in our culture because that there doesn't seem to be a lot of that going on lately, and. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about the gridlock that seems to be apparent in our culture right now about politics and social issues, and then talk about what needs to be done to be able to develop a discussion. And um, yeah, we'd love to invite you into the discussion and, um, you know, answer any questions or just have open questions for ourselves to be able to consider so that uh, we can start um, maybe solving problems and also um, just learning to talk to each other, especially when it seems like uh, others' viewpoints are impossible to even understand. So that's our goal today is just to talk about the different sides of a few different issues um, and try to help people understand what's going on. Inside others, so that we can try to influence each other to uh, a greater end, which is the greater good for our society and the people that live in it. So, there's a lot of, um, you know, rhetoric that's going around that's filled with hatred and contempt. And, um, you know, we just had a a presidential election um, recently in the last couple of weeks and uh, you know so um, one candidate was elected but there's still a lot of sort of misunderstanding um, and a refusal to you know even acknowledge the other side has any valuable viewpoints and um, so you know I was kind of wondering Brandon, what you are seeing and the rhetoric, how people are talking—you know, whether they're talking to each other—and um, uh, you know, it kind of seems like we're right at a point in time in our culture where a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of people's deeply held values are coming out, and um, they're very opposed to one another. So, what are you seeing when you hear people talking?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know People's deeply held values are being Brought to the surface, I think, because of, you know um, The temperature or the climate of, of what's going on Politically, and um, It seems like a lot of people are in a place where they're trying to search for a little bit of uh, truth or, or, or balance, but there seems to be this process of just, you know, going back and forth, and um, it's like a battle of values. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that causes a polarization, and, you know, unfortunately. Um, yeah a lot of anger frustration fear Mm -hmm. yeah we kind of talked about that fear in previous
0: podcasts and how to deal with it when we experience threat so you can go back and listen to those previous two or three podcasts where we talked about how to respond to threat Um, and I think that it probably is a lot of what's driving this is fear coming out in a lot of like hateful rhetoric toward, um, you know, political candidates, uh, the other side. Um, and, but even now it's kind of reached a personal level where, um, there's a lot of people realizing that people that they otherwise respected, cared about and loved have very different viewpoints from them. And, um, You know there are relationships that are breaking down because of the differences in political um, and social views and and uh, so that's a lot of what I see is is just sort of this contempt for uh, people who don't agree with you or hold a certain viewpoint or voted for a certain candidate and um, you know I mean we're not all going to agree Uh, I don't think that's the point. I do think the point is to be able to kind of understand what's going on inside someone else that they would hold that sort of viewpoint or kind of what the value is that they hold that would lead them to that. And so I think the way that I've talked about it to people is you don't have to ever agree with the person's uh, standpoint, but just be able to kind of understand them better and that will help us develop a better discussion.
1: Does that make sense? No, I, I totally agree. I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's, I think we get a lot further in discussion when we really have a, a depth of understanding with the person that we're talking about, you know? Um, because it then it just becomes, it, it becomes deeper than just ideas we, we understand where those ideas are coming from and um, start to get a picture for what those ideas, like the purpose they're serving for that, perpo- for, for that person. And what I think that leads to is, you know, maybe um, a little bit higher degree of flexibility in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just understanding what's going on mm-hmm. inside of them so they're not
0: like maybe a person that's just you know
1: deserves to be hated but they they're human being yeah I, you know it's when when we have when we're talking to someone with different ideas it, it can seem like we have uh, very different values and sometimes i think that's true sometimes i also think that someone can have two people can have different ideas and you know the more they talk if they're able to sometimes what happens is it looks like both people see that they have similar enough values um but i think it's i think it's difficult especially right now because everyone's feeling pressed you know there's a lot of pressure and um It's, it's difficult for us to, and it sounds, you know, cliche, but I think it's true, we uh, don't necessarily maybe put the effort into um, putting ourselves in the other person's shoes, right? And the purpose would be not to agree, we would put ourselves in the other person's shoes to understand Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, we don't necessarily do that is because, you know, the intention of putting yourself in another person's shoes, if it's to agree, then, you know, I'm not going to do that. But Mm -hmm. um, if the intention is to to understand, maybe, you know, we're a little bit more likely to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. So. Yeah, when you understand both sides of any issue, or
0: you know, just the broader sort of maybe conservative-liberal um, divide, then you know it's easier to you
1: you can be more informed to be able to have a discussion. I think we get. I think if we have this fear that if we if we do that, we'll we'll lose something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or even be like drawn over to the other side, or.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, or have to agree, or or maybe like even like we're conceding that their viewpoint is okay mm-hmm. or right.
1: Yeah, and we'll lose ground. Sure, if we, yeah. So, you know, if I put myself in the shoes of so- someone else with opposing ideas, then that means that they're right, <laughs> and you know, right. I don't necessarily think it needs to mean that at all mm-hmm.
0: yeah even on a smaller scale in a relationship you know if you're in a conflict with someone that not about politics or some larger issue you know it's difficult to do this it's difficult to like even try to understand the other person's viewpoint because we're so focused on getting our own viewpoint heard and understood so that's our our goal here is to help people to Um, just understand each other be willing to listen and and be open and and uh, just maybe understand the thinking maybe understand the values even though we might hold diametrically opposed values um, from that person part of the pressure that you were talking about is you know the pressure to choose a side and so um you know, obviously, we're just calling it conservatives and liberals in our country right now, which is um, mostly the way those things are termed. Um, and obviously, you know, there's kind of this pressure to, like, choose a candidate, uh, choose a party, um, to choose where you come down on various issues that we'll, we'll talk about. Um, racism, Black Lives Matter and uh, the pandemic that we're dealing with right now um, to choose a side. What we're going to suggest like we've suggested before in previous episodes would be to be able to hold both of the viewpoints in mind at once and uh, maybe not even form like a third party or a third viewpoint but just be able to hold them in tension with each other because there may be Value that we can gain by um, seeing both sides of an issue, and then sort of melding them together in some kind of um, collaborative solution or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we'll we'll talk about with these things. These again, these larger issues are just kind of extrapolations of very maybe simple interpersonal values that we hold or beliefs that we hold about life about human beings about the way things should be and so you know we we will talk about them in terms of you know what is it that's in us that um, these issues touch on these the issues seem to be pretty unavoidable at this point um, it's hard not to have a An opinion about things, or or at least a kind of a visceral reaction to these things when they're brought up. Um, And so, in some ways, maybe that's good because the things that have been in us all along are sort of coming out um, due to that pressure and just due to the tension that we're experiencing in, in our country. And, you know, I'll just also say that I believe that this is going to get us to a good place. We are not there yet. and it's pretty ugly getting there in some ways, but hopefully the fact that these things are coming out and sort of, like, being revealed is a helpful way to, you know, start developing a discussion, and through a constructive discussion and dialogue we'll uh,
1: get to a better place collectively. Do you agree with that? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I, I sure hope that things get better for sure Um, I think you're right there's kind of like a a crucible being created right now and um, I think the nature of being inside of you know a a crucible where there's just pressure being put on um, that's uncomfortable but I also think it forces people to deal with what is there and what exists and I think when people are able to access uh, you know flexibility and understanding then um, everyone can kind of deal with reality a little bit better so mm-hmm. you know I, I think if if this crucible that's happening right now is really forcing us to, to deal with, with reality, then that can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's
0: also important to note that we don't know exactly what it's going to look like to hold these things in tension, you know, to kind of behold these paradoxes that we've, you know, that are apparent, um, you know, uh, we, we tend to think our way is the right way and it has to be this way. Hopefully we'll get to this point. You know, we hope we hold in mind what we how we think people should be, how we think society should be. Um, and that's not really um, what we're talking about here. We're talking about, you know, being able to kind of hold these things in tension with each other and hopefully like enter a new way of being for Ourselves and you know, obviously, collectively, that's the goal. <clears throat> so we'll kind of get into some of these issues and talk about the different ways of thinking about them, and and maybe talk about some ways that they can be. That the different viewpoints can work together.
1: Is that you ready? Yeah, absolutely, for sure.
0: I, I think you know we can sort of see the different issues that are that are coming up in our society. With a certain lens, it's interesting, like we've talked before, that these specific issues are presenting the way that they are right now in our culture. Um, you know, the whole racial divide or the Black Lives Matter movement and people's uh, responses to that um, and the, the pandemic that we're dealing with, um, you know, so backing out of those things and, and seeing that you know, conservatives and liberals tend to have in general, some different viewpoints about um, economic issues or, you know, um, people's personal responsibility for um, helping themselves versus um, you know, receiving handouts and, and stuff like that. This, there's kind of this um, capitalism versus socialism, uh, viewpoint everybody comes down somewhere on that uh, issue or how they think um, our country should operate and it and that's kind of a framework for being able to understand these other things um, conservatives tend to be more capitalistic in general you know we're going to speak in generalities a little bit um, and you know believe in having a free market which means um, that businesses and individuals can have, sort of unbounded success, Um, and, you know, to see it from that viewpoint, um, you know, the capitalistic sort of, uh, you know, free enterprise does benefit our economy, obviously, and and benefits um, people by providing jobs and a higher standard of living. For all of us, you can imagine, like, life without Amazon or some of these huge companies right now um, that are, you know, during the pandemic have been um, really buoying our economy. Um, And there's also kind of this just bootstrap mentality that, you know, the American way is to like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be able to provide for yourself the eat what you kill type of mentality, which, you know, um, encourages people to work hard and make a way for themselves that they, um want to do that and and you know kind of the American way is providing a place in an environment where that's a possibility and so that that tends to be kind of a conservative viewpoint which we understand and we see we can see how you know that it benefits our um, economy and our and our standard of living in our country it's that's an American thing I think um you know people would say that, Liberals tend to be a little more socialistic and, um, you know, have this mentality that we should, as well as having success, be able to aid those who are oppressed or maybe don't have the same opportunities uh, that others do, um, that everyone should get a fair shot at being able to, um, you know, being able to uh, take advantage of the opportunities that are that are offered to them. And it also, there's this discussion of privilege, right? That certain people have kind of started, um, ahead of others in life. And so we don't all start at the same, um, ground floor and just work our way up. But, you know, because of oppression, things like racism and, um, you know, things that have happened in the past, uh, some, some people don't actually have a fair shake at uh, being able to make a way for themselves. So that's, I mean, does that sound about right? That there's like this, there's kind of general ways that, you know, even if you don't term yourself a conservative, you might have this mentality that people, people should be able to make a way for themselves. and Or you might, you know, have the other viewpoint that we should allow
1: everyone kind of equal access to everything. Sure, yeah. It seems, seems yeah. that way in general.
0: Yeah. And that, so that's kind of a way that we can understand um, some of these other issues, you know, when they, when they present themselves um, in a really like intense uh, way or, or, you know, in a certain crisis, you know, it brings out these viewpoints, right? So if we look at the Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, uh, it, it does, you know, that, that, movement would say, yeah, there's systemic oppression and racism that's kind of been inherent in our way of life in our country, right? And um, so certain people haven't gotten a a chance, right? Or have been oppressed or even victims of violence. Um, And so uh, we need, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement would say we need to pay attention to that right Um, it's in the name Black Lives Matter you know asserting that um, you know people of color uh, need to you know be valued as much as uh, white people um, and you know that, that can be a provocative statement right you know to white people who feel like You know, um, it's threatening, Mm -hmm. right? It's threatening for them to, um, you know, to hear that, not because they don't believe maybe that black lives do matter, but um, just that they might be considered racist or the way that they got to where they are Mm -hmm. is through systemic racism or the fact that, you know, certain people have been on top and other people have been on the bottom um you know and and you'll hear things like you know if uh you know that 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 black and brown people have the same access to everything that white people do you know which you obviously people have different opinions about um and could argue about, right. And, but they just need to sort of like pull themselves up by their bootstraps and take advantage of everything that's offered to them. And basically this idea that, um, racism isn't a thing anymore or doesn't exist. Mm. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, it's, it kind of, it kind of just flows out of this sort of free market capitalistic idea that, you know, in America, everyone gets a fair shot. You know, there's freedoms that are afforded to everyone, um, and so it's just so you just have to take advantage of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of it can dismiss this idea of uh, systemic racism that that people don't have an an
1: equal shot at it. Yeah, man, I th- I think that's where like one of one of the main one of the main opportunities we have you know to to look at what's going on is that you know that that pressure or that conflict really intensifies when each side is and you used a good word dismissing um, what the other side is 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 pointing to, right so, you know if if someone is 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 making a point and you're just dismissing it across the board you know essentially you just have gridlock you know what i mean and so this it's it's you know when, when a lot of times you know when when people are engaging in a discussion about different beliefs or values it's it can and the pressure rises it can get pretty easy to fall into this cycle of uh, dismissal of, of the others and you know essentially that's just raising the pressure and intensifying the you know the the conflict. I'm, I'm reminded you know when you were talking about this video clip and'm I'm, I'm not sure exactly where where I saw it um but I wish more of more of it was was out there but essentially there was <clears throat> a, a Trump rally and then there was um like a black lives matter um gathering as well and um I think one of the um one of the people who was responsible for kind of just Orchestrating that the Trump rally had gone on stage and acknowledged the Black Lives Matter mo- movement, and um, invited, essentially, like their spokesman to come on stage and like gave them, you know, like five minutes or so to to talk and just tell everyone at, at the Trump crowd like, what, "What do you what do you have to say?" You know what 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 are your thoughts and your opinions and so and the spokesman of the Black black lives matter um movement you know, up on stage and was talking and was talking to to the other guy that was responsible kind of for you know organizing the trump the trump rally and what was interesting is that you know they were they were having a dialogue and and it was intense but the more they started to talk the the more they started to talk about the fundamental like similarities that they had like i you know i'm i'm an american i get up every day i work hard um you know th- this is this is something that that these two seemingly opposing mm-hmm. groups were um kind of identifying with and you know the the dialogue ended up it seemed like to me through my observation you know go, going pretty going pretty well and you know there wasn't any blatant what was missing one of the major things that was missing in that conversation is what you know neither one of them was just blatantly dismissing um you know across the board the other person's Mm -hmm. viewpoint now there may have been some some nuanced interpretations but there wasn't any just blatant dismissal Mm -hmm. it was really interesting to watch um you know i wish more of that was out there because obviously that wasn't just an isolated incident but yeah it's interesting to think about how
0: You know, you would have felt being a part of one of those crowds, you know, or, you know, one of the leaders and being asked to sort of like engage in some sort of discussion about, you know, stating what you believe and assuming, you know, there might be some opposition to it. You know, there's this kind of even like
1: physical threat of. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. I'm like, man, I would have been really Mm -hmm. nervous yeah you know Yeah, it's and it, you know we're such voyeurs
0: now because of social media and stuff like we're just watching all this stuff take place out there in the public you know so obviously you know some people are involved in rallies and you know protests and stuff like that which is a good thing to do but um you know most of us are just like sitting back looking at our phones and watching all of this take place right and you know, almost just like in our bunkers, um, while people are, some people are out there engaging kind of in, in some sort of, um, you know, activism and, and discussion. So I think that's, you know, it's admirable. I think when people are willing to like engage in a discussion, you know, rather than just like sitting back in our homes, um, you know, firing pot shots. Or, or something like that. You know, everybody's got these opinions that they hold in the quiet of their own, you know, residence, right? Um, but what would happen if you actually had to de- engage someone who was, you know,
1: apparently believed something different than you do? Yeah, especially in that setting, right? I mean, yeah, I commend both of them. Yeah. it's That had to have not have been easy. The intensity... You could tell was really really high but mm-hmm. the, you know they both they both in, in, engaged in the discussion and it, it was intense and you know that's difficult to navigate but that's actually not the biggest problem the biggest problem was you know is or can be when there's just this kind of blatant across the board dismissal you know yeah. but that that was the thing that was not there that wasn't happening yeah so i think one of the valuable things that hopefully will come out
0: of this for us all in our culture is is just you know the ability to stop you know staying back in our foxholes and you know getting out and being able to talk to people about these things you know um, it's it's very easy to like hide you know and just sort of like see everything in the media and all of that and, and just form our own opinions and get around other people who are like us and have the same views and ideals um, but you know I think we're being forced out of that right I mean we're, we're encountering we're probably around people every day that believe things that are different from us right and we're surprised at them but um, you know <laughs> We, we may be entering into conflict with people we never thought, you know, we would have to do that with. Um, but we may also just be kind of moving away from those people, you know, in general, moving away from relationships because of the kind of disdain that we have for their viewpoints. And so, um, yeah, I think it's admirable to engage in that sort of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So the other issue that we wanted to talk about, you know, is the people's response to the uh, coronavirus pandemic, you know, and and there's kind of this basic view. A lot of people have typically conservatives have a more a viewpoint that is more we shouldn't shut down the economy um, because of the virus. Um, You know, we we shouldn't let it control our lives. Right. Um, you know and and it seems like you know there are more positive tests it seems like the the virus is even gaining ground um, but even then there's sort of this viewpoint that we should not um, shut down the economy right which you know is a, a valid point um, you know that the pandemic if we allow it to um, you know affect us in you uh, to a certain degree, uh, the economy will suffer, right? And maybe all of us will suffer b- because of that. So it's kind of, again, if you kind of uh, put this uh, framework of, you know, um, capitalism versus socialism or, you know, just kind of your views on the economy and, and how it should operate, um, you can see how that would affect or you can see how that would be um, affect your views on what should be done about the pandemic. Um, you know, it tends to be a more liberal viewpoint that we should eradicate the disease at all costs, um, even you know, to protect a small number of people, um, and especially to protect the most vulnerable of a society. And and so, you know, these two opposing viewpoints that um, we shouldn't shut down the economy. But also, you know, we should work to um, eliminate the spread of, of the disease. Um, and this and this has become really a pretty heated issue now. Um, and, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. It's, it's interesting that, you know, six, eight months ago, we were talking about how hopefully, you know, the... Um, the virus wouldn't last through the summer and and continue spreading and here we are you know eight months later talking about it getting even worse right um and so it continues to put pressure on us to like you know (laughs) people are feeling like they need to have an opinion and it continues to put pressure on us to kind of find a collaborative solution so anyway there's it's sort of like a a similar issue does that make sense
1: yeah yeah it's um i mean that's that's a really that's a really difficult position I, I don't have i don't have uh children i so you know i say that because you know a lot in my work i have you know my work with parents or teachers and different things like that and so you know, that's that's kinda how I hear the the conflict really taking uh form is through whether schools should be opened, closed, you know, the hybrid and schools have gone back and forth and different things like that. And you know, it's there's that's how I'm really experiencing and getting a sense for the, the pressure that people are, are feeling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and there's everybody has an opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Almost, for sure. It seems like to a person there's, you know, everyone has an opinion on what what should be done or they kind of land on one of these these sides of the issue. Um but you know, a lot of this has to do with how we treat the most vulnerable in in our society, you know, if there are people who are oppressed or you know, there are people who are ill who might be at risk from the virus um, you know a lot of it has to do with how we you know uh, treat those people right which I think says a lot about our society and it says a lot about ourselves so it's so, so it's kind of drawing that out right and there's these opposing viewpoints of you know people sh- should be able to help themselves again you know pull them- pull themselves up by their bootstraps um, and then you know this other viewpoint um which tends to be a more liberal viewpoint that you know people should um help those who are in need right and and protect them and offer them a leg up and, and opportunities and so i just i just think it's interesting that these two larger issues really you know in some ways can come down to that and so um, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit more about just kind of hold holding to opposing viewpoints in mind, and how we can get to kind of the next the next step or the next um, you know kind of evolution of moving into these things and and feeling like we're um,
1: working together. I think it's important to explore why you would even do that Mm -hmm. You know Um, And hopefully One of the reasons would be that We're watching This increased Degree of, of division And we're seeing How that increased degree of division Affects all of us and um in an effort to try to subvert that a little bit or to address it really you know you have to think about what you might do differently which would be to just consciously create a little bit more space to hold both opposing views um at the same time and um Mm-hmm. let let that tension be there internally and and explore it not necessarily you know I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to to do that and trying to find an answer mm-hmm. but you know in my experience if you know if, if you're holding two op- two opposing views internally and you're really exploring both at the same time then something happens pretty naturally where, you know, um, maybe alternatives or a a new or fresh kind of perspective is almost kind of revealed out of that without necessarily trying to find um, a specific way or or answer, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, That's, I mean, I, I would hope that that would be the motivation for even considering holding to apparently opposing viewpoints Mm -hmm. that you've got to adapt and Mm -hmm. you know I I think it's not easy to adapt when you're denying realities and from my perspective I think both sides have there's some legitimacy on, on both sides which you know, point to certain realities that exist. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're only holding one one side in in mind, well, you know, I guess in in essence and you're just not giving yourself an opportunity to really deal with or explore or um, acknowledge The realities that that the other side are are, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, kind of pointing to, and that's I think that's where we get in trouble is when we start denying realities, and you know another layer on all of that is you know I think we're really we trying to figure out what's true, what's true and what's real because we hear you know like all kinds of different things through the media and, you know, conspiracy theories, different things like that. So I think it makes it even mm-hmm. more difficult and probably even threatening and scary for us to consider holding both views together internally at the same time because we've got this layer of... Uh, of media and, you know, conspiracy theories, different things like that, that just uh, convolutes the whole thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important
0: to realize that, you know, um, what, what you're maybe needing to validate or, or understand or hold in mind as you deal with an opposing viewpoint is not like everything that they say even or how they act, you know, because there's there's so much, like, hatred or, like, you know, these conspiracy theories really have, like, developed kind of out of thin air, you know, just almost like as a smokescreen or something like that to um, throw people off or something like that, you know. Um, and so we're not saying that you know, we should validate things that are really unfounded or don't have any sort of, like, evidence um, or, you know, even, like, an indication that they might be true. But um, to validate kind of the, you know, what's at the heart of a certain, like, stance. So, for example, you know, uh, part of the sort of conservative um, stance is like that you know, people should help themselves, right? And And so I think that's something that we can um, you know, understand, you know where that comes from, why it's why it's important that you shouldn't just give someone everything um, and even and even maybe agree with that, right? That you shouldn't just, Help someone who doesn't want to help themselves, or something like that. Um, and so, what we're, what we're sort of like, um, you know, putting out there is that, you know, we we need to understand sort of the heart of these, um, these different views, right? That, you know, the idea of helping someone help themselves or requiring them to help themselves is really not. Um, in an inherently evil or um, even false belief right and so just understanding that you know but also holding this view that you know we should help people who need need it you know
1: is something that probably you can do at the same time right well that's you know that's kind of what i'm thinking is that you know in there's a lot of overlap there, you know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be one or the other. No, no. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, the like a purely capitalistic I- ideal would say like, it's you're just on your own. it's just a free market. Yeah, make make what you're going to of your life, right? And then inherently, or like maybe purely socialistic. Ideal is that, you know, everyone should have a fair shot at everything, you know, um, and an equal, you know, kind of have an equal footing um, or a pl- equal place to start. Right. Which means you, you maybe need to bring certain people who have been oppressed and um, don't don't have the same resources or, you know, platform to stand on. Um, we need to do something to get them to an equal footing, right? Um, it's possible that those two work together. You know, is this too simple? Like, it, yeah. it seems really It seems really simple when you sit here and talk about it on that really basic level, right? But it seems like, you know, uh, our interpersonal dealings, definitely in our conversations with each other personally, um, and even maybe at the political level at the policy level that those two things can work together in general, I think that's how our country works. That Mm -hmm. There's kind of both that are sort of working together. Even now we don't have a purely capitalistic um, society. We don't have a purely obviously socialistic sort of society, but I think that's kind of what people are afraid of, right? Mm -hmm. That there's, that there's going to be, you know, they're, they're just going to lose ground, right? But
1: surely those things can work together. I mean, I think there's potential to, I you know, I even think that there's been degrees of that in, in, in the past and in our history where we've mm-hmm. done a better job at that than others, mm-hmm. than other times. Yeah. I'll circle back
0: around to the Black Lives Matter movement and this idea that, you know... Um, systemic racism is a thing you know um i don't i I don't think most people um you know the vast majority of people believe that you know people should be racist or that it's okay for um you know racism to exist um it's purely maybe a problem of um understanding or, or what you believe about whether it does exist or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me is just about, it's just about education. Right. And so like, I think, you know, if you, if you have a, an opportunity to like, um, you know, s- study um, about slavery and sort of um, the oppression of um, people of color over like decades and centuries and really go back and look at like even just a hundred years ago you know um, 60 years ago uh, with the civil rights movement and stuff like that we're not that far removed from that stuff I think what happens currently uh, is that when you say that there's racism that's you know uh, sort of like woven through everything that we do and everything that our country stands for, it just raises these defenses, you know um, for, for people who maybe don't believe that it exists or don't want to believe that it exists and so um, you know, I don't, I don't think the issue is whether or not there should be racism I think it's more uh, a discussion about whether it, there
1: is racism right? Um, yeah, well, and even probably more nuanced than that, like, what I hear a lot is, like, to what degree, mm-hmm. you know, well, and in some ways the, to what degree is a better argument than does it or does it not, you know? Right. I mean? But So I think, yeah,
0: again, making it, that's a good point, making it not a black and white issue is it yes or no does it exist or not you know but to what degree it's a continuum right it's possible that i think maybe what um you know people who would assert that uh racism is is a thing or that that you know white privilege is a thing um might say like Uh, some of the oppression and and racism that's been present in the past is not totally dead yet, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, that's not saying all white people are racist, you know, um, all cops are racist or anything like that. It's just saying, like, maybe it's not totally dead yet. And I think maybe that assertion is something that people, um,
1: a lot of people could agree with, right? Yeah, and I I think if we could get ourselves to maybe focus our conversations more in that direction we mm-hmm. might be, be able to get you know a little bit more of a of of a movement and yeah, you know i think like you said you know some of it has to do with you know maybe we don't have you know is is it an an issue of of education and you know like really knowing the facts yes i think also it's just um you know a matter of how we maybe even see and understand what what race racism is i mean i think a lot of people equate it with you know racism as as a behavior which definitely manifests as a behavior but i might suggest that before it's even a behavior it's in a it's an idea or a belief mm-hmm. and you. I, I think people can take this really mechanical perspective to where it's like well we can just stop stop this behavior that it can just stop all of a sudden mm-hmm. and although I think that may be well intentioned I'm not sure how realistic that is because you know Beliefs and ideas don't just stop uh, right away. That usually takes time and is a process. You know what I mean? It's, it would be almost kind of like, and this is a crude example, but it's the one that comes to mind. It's like, you know, it would be like asking, um, you know, someone who. You know expecting a, a Christian to just you know change their beliefs or their ideas about mm-hmm. God or um, Jesus or going to church like that's not that stuff isn't just gonna go away you could maybe even force them to not go to church or mm-hmm. exp- express their belief this so there may be like a a difference in behavior but does that mean the ideas and the beliefs are going to go away no mm-hmm. you know so not easily right so I guess my whole point is that like I think it could benefit us to really start challenging our own understanding of what races racism is even is so that we can have a deeper understanding and based off of that deeper understanding we can have maybe a more pointed or focused conversation about it Mm -hmm. you know what I mean
0: yeah so yeah it's not just it's not just behavior our beliefs and our values and the things that we really believe you know can even be like unconscious to us we, we don't know that they're there um, because they're systemic, because we've been taught that way, because we've sort of been indoctrinated by our culture or our family or, you know, our programming. Um, and so, you know, n- now again, these things are coming up and coming out because of these crises, these, you know, larger issues. And, you know, so I would say that one of the best things that we can do is really examine ourselves And even the contempt that comes up in these issues. And like, um, you know, I think we've all experienced that to some degree, right? Like the hatred for the other side or like this really visceral like reaction to like, you know, the black lives matter movement or, um, you know, the, the pandemic stuff. I mean, it's just totally unavoidable right now, but the advantage of that to us is that we have to deal with ourselves. You know, we have to, really examine what's in ourselves um and you know so it's not just about understanding what's going on inside other people but understanding what's going on inside ourselves so that we can figure out you know is the position that i hold and the reaction that i have to someone else just a reaction to fear or threat right kind of like we've talked about in some of the previous episodes um or is it actually something that i've you know been able to examine you know um, the racism thing's a good example. If You know, people are talking about uh, Black Lives Matter or the fact that racism is a thing in our country. You know, it can raise this really visceral response for people, um, you know, for or against, you know. Um, and so to just examine those things and figure out, you know, um, can I arrive at a different place than just what my, my impulse guides me to do um, or my reaction, you know, and, and develop some sort of way to, like, consider, you know, um,
1: moving along the continuum. I mean, I think, yeah, that self-examination is, is tough, though, because it's, you know, we we have to be willing to consider an alternative and maybe even seemingly unpleasant reality about ourselves that's different than what we think is true or say is true. Mm You know, we we work hard to project this this identity to other people and to ourselves, right? And that that's a very, very strong force in our consciousness and everything that we do. And not many people are willing to sacrifice that a little bit, and maybe willing be willing to consider unpleasant aspects or undesirable elements of of the of what could be existing um, other than what they tell themselves, you know? Right. So they don't want like no one wants to be or feel like the bad person. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we're oriented towards being being good and telling doing things that you know, oh I, I'm I'm this way, I do this thing and that means that means I'm good and we're constantly feeding ourselves that Mm -hmm. and you know I think this self-exploration that you're talking about requires us to maybe take a step back from that and maybe look at some of the unpleasant truths
0: yeah so we're not asking you to you know stop being human you're going to have these responses you're going to have these sort of um you know, uh, reactions to opposing viewpoints, especially if they feel threatening to you personally, um, or the ideals that you espouse. And, uh, so, you know, we're also not, um, you know, saying that people shouldn't be in conflict with each other, you know, to get to a better place. I think there's going to have to continue to be some pretty, um, heated conflict that continues to come to the surface. Um, But just to develop, you know, examine self and develop a little more flexibility to be able to um, understand and accept where someone is. That doesn't mean you have to agree, but, you know, being able to see understand and accept that that's where someone else is um, as, as you know, as well as, you know, continuing to try to have some sort of discussion that helps, you know, get to um holding these opposing viewpoints, you know, in tension with each other and be able to find some creative solutions or answers. So again, we'd love to hear from you, questions if you have thoughts about this. Yeah, it'd be great. You know, if uh if there you know, you have uh, take issue with anything that we said or, you know, maybe even further um take what we said further, um, you know, feel free to comment or contact us somehow. You can find our podcast, A Single Tree Podcast, on Facebook and SoundCloud. And we look forward to further into the discussion.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: Talk to you soon.